Emily, we've been at this deconstruction thing now for a hot minute. Yeah, like twenty plus episodes, right? Wow. I don't know exactly what we're at. I think we're, I think we're getting close to thirty. If I'm, we should right. have a cute like celebration at like fifty or something. Yeah, I went back and listened to, uh, so I listened to a comedy podcast. Uh, it's the not deconstruction really, zone. It's called the deconstruction zone. <laughs> um, uh, it's called Time Suck with Dan Cummins. Yeah. I really like it. It's really interesting. He like does different topics, and he's like on episode like five hundred or something like that. Yeah. And I was driving back from Columbia, and I was like, I need, some, like, I finished the most recent episode, like three hour episodes. And so I went back and I listened to episode one. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it was just so interesting to hear how things shifted, right? So, like, the quality was worse. And his initial idea was, like, I'm going to do 30 minutes. He was dead set. No guess. It's 30 minutes. And now they're these two hour to three hour episodes. And it was just in the first, like, it was interesting. It's what launched it all. And the information, I was like, this isn't that interesting. Because he's gotten so good at it. He has researchers mm-hmm. now. He's like, it's such a deep dive into topics. And he's a comedian, so they're all funny, too. But this was very much, like, you could tell, is, like, Wikipedia was his number one source mm-hmm. in the first one. But as I was thinking about that, like, I would just, like, got to, nostalgic storm because that's looking back. But I was like, I wonder what this will be like at episode, like, 500. Like, Aww. it was just really interesting to me to think about. You think we'll still be friends? I hope so. I'm kidding. But think about like the even from our I went back because of that when I got home I looked I watched the first episode and I was mm-hmm. like the the aesthetic of it's different, our comfortability, our conversation. It's just interesting to me like how it evolves. And I'm thinking about people in a part of this journey, even though they're not guests with us on this and talking, I think that's kind of what deconstruction's like too. Like it's this evolving, mm-hmm. growing journey of how we engage it and the comfortability we have and the language we get and all of that is we put more and more stuff around it like we're growing but it's so hard to see growth in real time because you're living every second of it and so like to go back wow. every once in a while and be like what was day one like if you have that documentation like we do on a podcast form mm. uh he did on his podcast and i don't know how we do that but i was just i was thinking like it hit me as i was driving back from columbia i was like how do we check in and realize the progress we've made even though sometimes progress doesn't feel like progress I mean, I think that's beautiful. I think in a similar sense, I recently, sometimes I can feel like I'm not getting anywhere in my deconstruction yeah. because it's day to day, right? You don't sure. see the, the progression. And I went back in my Google Drive, classic, and mm-hmm. uh, read my old prayer journal. <laughs> yeah, digitized. Wild. Yeah, I, I'm a big Google Docs gal. Um, yeah. Sponsor us. But... <laughs> if Google Docs sponsored us, I would sob. Anyway, um, I would too. I'm like actually a huge Google Docs, like Google Drive, Google Docs. All the whole Google workspace is incredible, wonderful. incredible. Yeah. Anyway, um, and <laughs> and I read and I was reading it and I realized like, wow. Even though sometimes I get frustrated that I, that I don't have the certainty that that version of Emily had, I don't necessarily have the sure. confidence. My view of God is so much more beautiful, and I am so much less, like, haunted yeah, by yeah. how horrible I was. Like, that is a journey, and that is worth celebrating, even though I'm not at the end of this journey, if there is an end to this journey. Yeah. Well, that's good. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about grief, right? Yes. As it relates to deconstruction. We actually, a little bit last episode touched on it in terms of 
pastors maybe on the evangelical side watching the deconstruct they're mm-hmm. they have their level of grief and i think there is a reality that we're all grieving something and grief isn't always a bad thing but you kind of have an idea of where you want to talk through this and um yeah lead us in what do you think so i was talking to someone about this whole journey and feeling very like overwhelmed it was so interesting because i kept asking the question well what do i think like I kept saying, like, well, what do I think about this, and what do mm. I think about this, and all of a sudden he goes, I think you're actually asking the question, who am I, and I was like, shit, <laughs> like it was so insane. I was like, whoa, mm. mind blowing moment, and he was like, Emily, I think what you're actually going through is deep, complex grief over not only who you were, but well, actually, he just said, like, over who you were. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I think that's definitely true. Like, he was like, you're no longer the church golden child. You're no longer, like, a Presbyterian. Like, a lot of these things that were a huge parts of your identity. Yeah. But I was processing this week what it is to grieve the belief that you had. Kind of like how at the beginning of this conversation I was saying, yeah, like, it's cool how far I've come blah, 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 like I'm so much different. But there is a grief there. And I think the process of deconstruction follows in a lot of ways the five stages of grief, if maybe not linearly. I think it's very circular and you hit, you yeah, go back to different feelings. I mean, Don't I know it? It's not linear. Like, yeah. Any type of it, right? But like, I just, so I actually kind of want to walk through my deconstruction through that lens and talk about it. Ooh. Are you okay with that? Yeah, what if you said fun. no? Then we would have no episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, microcosm. <laughs> These are like one minute episodes. Um, so, stage one. It'd be cool if it was like, you know, like it like. It might happen. A strain. Yeah. Um, you know, one denial. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I think I was thinking about this a lot because at the be- I would say my deconstruction really started two and a half years ago. Sure. 2021. Yeah. Early 2021. That's not that long ago. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, that is what I would say. Anyway. <laughs> and, um, I was so in denial at the beginning because I was listening to so many sources about deconstruction and things like where I was wrestling with my faith. And I kept telling people, (laughs) I kept telling people, I'm just listening to these so that I can understand what these people are saying so that I can be a better witness to them. Yeah. Which is not at all true. No. I think I a little bit believed that. I think there was a little part of me that was like, well, I think there was a part of me that was like, dang, they kind of have a point. But a lot of part of me was like, this is just fascinating research. Yeah. Like, I think that in a lot of ways is denial that this process was starting. Yeah. Well, I also remember, like, you said, um, maybe it was our conversation with Tim, how about he got Love Wins, and you're like, told someone, like, this is a great book, and then you realize that it wasn't, like, your teams, and you're like, oh, no, and you, like, ripped it apart, right? I, like, I cut it apart and threw it away. So part of that journey is understanding Hmm. there's so many beliefs that were like that sounds so compelling and then people in your tribe are like that's not actually the truth then you have to reconcile well i felt really good about that yeah Uh, so i think that's interesting and i think there is a lot of denial that starts it because what you're 
no one, especially from your seed, you were the golden child, right? No one wants to sacrifice that. And so, because you're surrendering a seed of prominence and privilege and like knownness and comfort, and there's got to be a little bit of denial, like this isn't really what I'm going through. But I wonder how many people that's how their journey starts. Like that's this isn't really what it is. This is more exploration, or this is more yeah. like I'm a, trying. I'm doing some apologetics work or whatever, right? Like there's some sort of rationalizing or denying at the start of it. And like, I think it starts with, I think, I think it often starts with this, like uh, just research or I'm just trying to see what the world says. But then, but then I think it also becomes a denial of how far it's going. So there's a line in Jane Austen's novel, Pride and Prejudice, that you didn't think that was going to come up in this episode. Um, would have never. <laughs> and that, have you heard of that book? Uh, saw the movie. Nice. Me too. Six hour version or two hour? Haven't seen the real movie. I lied straight to your face. And I called you out on it. Uh, <laughs> There's anyway, a six hour version of that movie. It's so much better than the two hour version. Don't, don't get me started on that. Um, so, so worth it. Okay. Back to it. So, but also, but anyway, in the book, at the end, she goes, spoiler alert. She's like, when did you know you fell in love with me? And he goes, I know neither the time nor the hour. <laughs> I was in the middle before I knew that I had begun. And it's just like adorable moment. And then they kiss. But like I, that line has always stuck with me, but it feels so true to my deconstruction. Hmm. Like I was in the middle. I was too far in when I actually was able to admit that that's what I was doing. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You invested <laughs> without meaning to, right? Yes. And then I was like, I can't go back. Like I was talking hmm. to my to my grandma and she was like, and she was like, Emily, all I know about your journey is I don't think you'll ever be able to go back to where you were. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I think you're right. But I never made that decision. Like, I never said. And now is the point in my journey where I'm deciding that I'm going to, like, fully dive in and shift. Yeah. I was just like, I'm too far in, and I guess this is where I'm at. And I'm all alone. That's interesting. Well, I think about it a little bit like, and I, I don't imagine there's any nine-year-olds that listen to our podcast or younger, but it's like a, a little child realizing Santa's not real, right? Ah! Uh, the, the idea is like, your first idea as a kid is not mm. acceptance. It's denial, right? You're like, you've been presented with a new set of yes. facts or beliefs, and that like the data is strongly on one side, but mm. no kid is like, <laughs> for sure, I'm into this. They're like... You're probably lying. Denial is the first thing we do when we watch the thing that we knew start to be pulled out. Away wow. Do you do Santa with your kids? Um, yeah. I'm pretty like... These are the real hot button topics. Yeah. <laughs> I We don't have to get really into this. I'm like pretty not into like the Easter money, Christmas, Tooth Fairy, and like Santa. I'm a, I think it's all silly. So you don't? We do. Oh. Okay. But I, I have no value for those things. Okay. I didn't uh, grow up with Santa. Okay. Random. Okay. So maybe we'll start telling our kids about Santa. They don't end up like me. Nice. <laughs> anyway, so that was kind of, when I think of denial, I think of the honesty of like engaging it at the beginning and then being really far into it. And mm. then there's a moment. And actually, this. so actually I don't even think when I moved to anger, I had, oh, actually, the acceptance is going to be accepting that you're even deconstructing at all. Sure. So we're going to. We're going to get there. So the second one is anger. 
This one is huge. I think that this is such a massive part of deconstruction that is so, so hard to process. Because all of a sudden, like I'm, if I found out one day that Santa wasn't real, I'd probably be pissed that my yeah. parents had lied to me. I mean, it's probably be fine with your kids, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a strong opinion about doing Santa. Yeah. Or not, but I but just no, realized. they are. Anger is, it, you go from this can't really be true. And then you're like, well, then why did you lie to me? It's yeah. a real world, like, step of what happens. It's why did you lie to me? And then, oh my gosh, all of these things that you said really affected me and some of them messed me up yeah like and you also wonder what else was i lied to like santa is the most important thing to a kid and i know we're like doubling down on the same thing but i did like it. you hear that and you're like well this was the greatest symbol of joy and goodness and hope mm. in my life oh. so what else around me was not true that i was lied to about i felt that yeah um whoo yeah, like it is that. And that's why I I know I've said this before, but I get so frustrated when people say that people deconstruct just for the sake of some sort of like license to do things. But sure. no, it's because all of a sudden you're like, well, did you lie to me about not being allowed to do all this stuff? And yeah. then they do it. It's not in order to do stuff. I will go to my grave saying that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, a – yeah, the anger is not – right. it's not even righteous anger. It's like you're just – you feel betrayed. Oh, yes. You feel so betrayed. Like, how dare you? Yeah. And you're just so mad and you're mad at yourself for believing your pro- <laughs> yeah. like, prob Like, uh, I imagine when you learn Santa isn't real, that you're just like, what an idiot for ever thinking that was true. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm like just, and this is actually very mean. I'm just hoping there's someone in their mid-50s <laughs> that's just been like hardcore into Santa. And... <laughs> And we love them down a terrible path of holiday deconstruction. We can't put any of these Santa clips on TikTok. Probably. We'll probably put them all on TikTok. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what um, nine-year-old's feed is deconstruction material, but you never know. I will say my kids, like, whenever, they're like, can we see your TikToks you make? Because they know I have one. So maybe I won't for that. (laughs) Um, Do you show them your TikToks? I show that, like, really early on, my TikTok was, like, family stuff. Mm. Um, and I was like, screw these guys. I'm going famous. <laughs> no. Uh, but, like, so they want to see that. There's a lot of Gracie content and content. So, like, can we see those? That's sweet. So, they like that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. Like, it's anger at yourself, right? Of, like, am I an idiot forever going through this? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember. This is fascinating. I was... So I don't think I've told this on this podcast. This is low-key kind of vulnerable. But um, <laughs> so I went through a season, right, where I didn't go to church for like six months. Sure. And I was in Columbia as a Mizzou student. And my friends and I, we would usually like go out, like go to a bar or something. And I would be a little bit intoxicated and I would start yelling, this is so much more fun than church. <laughs> And my friend was like, stop saying that every time we go out. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we already all know this. We don't need you to yell it at the top of your It life. was mostly on like Saturday nights when I was like, I know we're going out because like, it doesn't matter if sure. I wake up in the morning. So funny. <laughs> but like, I remember one time we were sitting on like the back patio of this bar and I just looked at my friend and I was like, are we the idiots who, because we took so long to leave traditional Christianity? Like, I was like, are we the least mature in our faith because it took us this long? Yeah. And she was like, 
<laughs> we're at a bar, you know. Like she was like, "Why are we having this conversation?" Yeah, stop harsh in my mellow, man. <laughs> but it's interesting, right? Like part of that was me being like almost disappointed in myself. Yeah. When you when your eyes, it feels like your eyes are opened. Whether that's a fair analogy or not, sure. I think it kind of is. Like it feels like your eyes are open, and then you're like, "How did it take me so long?" Because I had friends who left the faith, and I was like, "Oh." Yeah. No, you know. Yeah, there's equal parts anger about the like all the things that you felt lied to, but like you're angry at yourself because it makes you feel like you weren't X enough, right? You weren't yes. smart enough, spiritual enough, brave enough, whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. And none of those are true, but that's a real thing that people process, and you start to feel an anger towards yourself because you took this amount of time to get where you felt like. Because I mean, what's the next stage of grief? Walk Bargaining. <laughs> bargaining because i think as you go into that i think that starts to transition then this anger moves into something more tangible maybe right Right. but one more thing also though about anger about anger towards self because i i was i wasn't thinking about this when i was thinking about this episode but that's a very big part of it and one of the things also is when you sometimes if there were people in your life that were never religious and you're like, oh my gosh, like, can you believe I thought that? And they're like, no, we thought you were crazy all along. Like, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, am I an idiot? Like, it really goes back to this, like, I'm dumb. Hmm. Okay, I'm very interested to talk about bargaining. Yeah. <sighs> bargaining. Yeah, what have you bargained the most? In- no, here's what I'm, here's what I want to say. And hmm. I think this is what we're going to unpack the most. I think. Wow, sweet question, Danny. <laughs> I don't even know what you asked. <laughs> Go ahead. Go, like, uh, what go have ahead. I bargained continue. the most? No, no, continue. And I just said no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm in charge. Uh, listen to Ms. Zell. Um, <laughs> bargaining. I think that people who have fully deconstructed atheism think that me being in progressive Christianity is the bargaining stage. Yeah. Is trying to keep something until I get to the full point. Interesting. What do you? What is your response to that? I'm not saying that's what I think, but I think that's how a lot of people perceive it. I think a person that's deconstructed to atheism would have a hard time not seeing that because it seems like you've supplanted what your moral ethics are and put it into a Christian box that fits that better. That's what would be the perception. I would also say, though, on the flip side, like if you've deconstructed out of faith altogether what you're bargaining for is a world that doesn't have to have you encounter the religious trauma that you ever had. Like you've created a, a, a system for yourself that you want. So I think both are doing similar things. If you wanted to be that yeah. cynical on both sides. No, that's and like, I was talking, I was at an open mic the other night and some comedians were like, Oh, Emily is like so religious. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm really not. I'm like kind of on a journey. <laughs> so yeah. And like, you should have met me three years ago. <laughs> Then you would, I would never have been a comedian, but um, and I was like, I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of on a journey. And they go, they go, uh, <laughs> they were like, adding beer and saying it's okay to be gay doesn't mean you're on a journey, which <laughs> is kind of rough, but um, well, but there I, also isn't a lot of love though, like outside of the Christian community because of what we have projected, right? So, like, to end up in a more progressive space that's... And and I hate, really don't like using that term, but, yeah. like, a space that's inclusive gay uh-huh. and lesbian people, right? For your non-religious friends are like, hey, great, welcome to the, the 21st year... 21st century. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not in the 50s anymore. Like, <laughs> there would be, for them, it's like, I've been here my whole life, and your mm. ethics 
have prevented you from seeing what I felt. And again, like there is a level of like pride and arrogance to be like, well, I've always, I've always known the truth. Right. But for them, yeah, it's like your religion got out of the way of you being a decent person is how they would perceive it. Wow. And now you're a decent person. So why are you hanging on to something that made you such a bad person? Yeah. In their eyes. In their eyes. It's like the image. So my brother had a blankie that he just loved. Okay. He loved blankie. And it became like basically just this ratty handkerchief size thing. And we were like, just be done with the blanket. Right. And he was like, no, this is my blankie. It's different. It looks different. You're following this analogy. Yeah. You know, like, thank you. Uh, It looks different. It's not what I thought it was. It's not, I thought it would stay the way it always did. And it didn't, but this still brings me comfort. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's literally it's like the rest of blankie and people are like you're an idiot get a new blanket or don't need a blanket and you're like but I'm not ready to let this go and maybe I won't ever be like I think I think a lot of people I talked to someone the other day who has deconstructed atheism and I was like yeah I've landed in a more progressive Christian space and it's been really good. Like, I was like, you know, we're chill. <laughs> and and he was like, yeah, I was there for a little bit as kind of like a, yeah. okay, you do yeah, that. You do what you. you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> but it is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I don't know if I have many important thoughts on this, but I do think for someone that's uh, re- if they're really, if they're atheist or they're really conservative, mm-hmm. landing in progressive Christianity is the ultimate bargaining because each side you're compromising wholesale of either one's belief wow yeah i mean i think that we are what people would call lukewarm yeah we picked what we wanted i mean that's not what we did but like i feel like that's what people think yeah i think it's it's a really for my friends that are not religious and my friends that are really really conservative evangelical i'm i'm not good enough for either one of those spaces you know Mm. what i mean uh and i I mean i have like i say that and like some of my great friends are non-religious atheists and we have great times together but when it gets into conversations like this sometimes like it's like well when are you going to abandon the bigoted hateful belief system that you have that's a lot of the comments we get on tiktok it's like there's a hard time for people to understand like hey this is actually good because of all the negative that's happened beforehand and i think it's it's hard and in the sense of the bargaining aspect of it it's like there's a bargaining that happens like you have to get in that space but i don't know that the end is where we're at. I don't think it's perfect. That's the other thing. It's like, mm. like I don't know that we've arrived at perfect knowledge. But I don't think we're just a stepping stone. I think that's what we're also trying to say. Yeah, that, yeah that's where I was going to go. Like, I don't yeah. think this is like, eventually I'm just going to be a completely deconstructed, non-faithful person that has no desire to follow Jesus. Like, I don't see that being the end goal for me. Yeah. But it is like... And again, so, like what I'm deconstructing, what I've said this before, I'm deconstructing what the church has told me to be true, not who I have heard Jesus to be. Mm, yeah. And because it is, it's making me think about like, yeah, like y'all's TikTok, you get heat from both sides. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes <laughs> we're like, man, this really sucks. Like the people I want to reach the most mm. are the ones that like I get in the most heated debates with. Yeah. And it's like, I just want you to hear good news because I think the news is so good. But at that place, it seems like it's not good enough for anyone. I mean, I mean, I someone told me this week they were like, "Why, why try to stay and redeem something that hurt you so bad?" Yeah, and I was like, "Because there's so many things in my life. Like, if I did that every time someone hurt me, if I just said, 'See you never,' 
No, like I long for people to be in my life. If you said something that really hurt me, I wouldn't just be like, well, screw Danny and never talk to you again. We'd probably have a conversation because I value our relationship. I think it's similar with the church. I think some people think it's a bargaining of like, you're trying to keep the ratty blanket, but you're like, but I love this blanket. Yeah. But again, on the devil's advocate side is like, what if you never had that relationship? Like you were just in the church and it hurt you so bad or you never like, then there's that entry point. is like, that's a compelling argument for you. Yeah. But not for. Yeah. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. That's a, that's a very fair point. Um, But so so we've been talking. Sorry, go. No, I was going to move us to the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I actually bargained. That's just what I think people perceive me bargaining. I'll go back to my question. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, Okay, the next section stage is depression. Um, And I think that that is huge. I think that is freaking huge. It is so freaking depressing to lose what you always believed. And when you think that everyone thinks, because this is the thing. Everybody thinks you're an idiot all the time. Okay. Okay. When you're a fundamentalist, some people think you're cool. Are my eyes getting really big? Um, (laughs) Like (laughs) when you're a fundamentalist, the fundamentalists are like, you're killing it. But everyone else is like, you're insane. And then you move to the progressive Christian space and you're mm-hmm. like and, – and the progressive Christians are like, yeah, cool, you got it. And then everyone's like, well, you kind of got it, but you missed a big chunk. Yeah. And then like it just keeps – like everyone's always like – but then, okay, let's say then you move. And then the fundamentalists are like, well, you're crazy and you've lost it. And that is why you're sad. It is it is the spirit telling you that you're doing something wrong. And that sure. is so hard for me because for so long, I that would have been my first comment. If I were listening to this podcast three years ago, I would have been like, homegirl should know she's not doing the right thing because she's so sad. Yeah. I would have said that. I would have said that our hearts are made for God with a God-shaped hole in our hearts. And if it's not being filled by God, then you're going to be depressed. And you need to realize that. And that shows me that Christianity is 100% true and you're wrong. I would have said that about this podcast. I would have hated this podcast. (laughs) We haven't really ever said that. I would have thought this was the dumbest podcast in the world. What? I just think it's really a funny dynamic. So hilarious. Would you roasted us in the reviews? Yes. Yes, I'm li- I'm reading a book right now that I read a few years ago and hated and I'm loving. Like I think it's beautiful and it makes me cry, but I screamed at it the first time sure. I read it. Like and this is the other way around. Like Yeah. If if 3-year-old if not 3-year-old, I mean also that, but like 3 years ago Emily would have heard this, she would be like, "Girl, you yeah. lost your mind." And that is all what I'm that's why it's so depressing cuz you feel so alone. Yeah. And you've lost the thing that always comforted you, or at least exactly how you knew it. In our last episode, sorry, I'm really like on a roll. On our in our last episode, I said like not our like in a while, in the hot wings episode, I said, I feel I'm like close to our last episode. Yeah. Um I was like, I I said I'm grieving the death of yeah. Emily and the death of God. And that's what it is. Like it's like I don't have the God I knew anymore, so I'm just here with no one and nothing. Sure. That is so depressing. 
Yeah. It's depressing and it's hard. I do think what's interesting is it depends on the lens you're looking at this from, right? Like if okay. you're looking at it from the God size hole, then of course, right? Like you're depressed because you have the emptiness that only God can provide Ugh. satisfaction for. I would have said that. Uh, but if you're looking at it through the psychological lens of the stages of grief, then mm. it's a natural part of the process mm. and your depression within it is not evil, but it's a part of moving towards like fullness and healing through the process. Wow. And I think that's like an interesting dynamic. Like that's what I kept thinking of. It's like, depending on who you are, you're going to see what you want to see. Mm. So if you're looking at this as like, this is a journey and a process, then depression is just a part of the five stages of grief. Wow. And if you're looking at it in terms of like, this person is abandoned all truth and goodness and the God that loves them, then it's like the only way you can find that is by filling the hole. And I think it depends on where you're looking at it from. Also, I've, as I've, I'm trying to be self-reflective as we're talking about this, and in every single stage of grief, what I've mentioned way more than the experience is how I feel like other people are perceiving the stages. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's interesting for anyone going through it. It's like, yeah. what is driving, what is the motivation of your bargaining or your depression or your anger? Uh -huh. like, what, like, what is in those things? For you, it's the perception Absolutely. of others towards you, especially those that you respect or that are the leaders of your like mm -hmm. Christian movement, right? For others, though, it might be very different. Like, and so I think that's an interesting thing to process with is as you're going through the stages of grief and deconstruction, what is the catalyst to that stage? And maybe it's the same for all five, or maybe it's a different one per stage. But I think it's an important question to ask. Yeah, and I think like I think that's the thing too is you're never going to be able to get through this stage if you're not honest about it. And when you're so worried about others' perceptions, you're never going to be honest about it. I didn't want to get out of bed for a long time when I like was in the middle of my deconstruction. Like I was very depressed. Yeah. And no one knew because I couldn't have them know that I was doubting that much. Yeah. And that like that just feeds the depression. Yeah. So where can I, what's the final stage is acceptance. acceptance, but can I ask before, where would you put yourself? Yeah, that's now? a phenomenal question. Um, see, this is why I thought about it. Okay. Because I feel like I just keep going all around. Hmm. Like I just blink, blink, blink. Honestly, right now, I feel like I just moved back. It feels like shoots and ladders, like you're killing it. And then you just hit the slide, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, I feel like right now I'm kind of back in anger. Like there's just a lot of things that I feel very mad about and I'm like dwelling on that. I'm not saying that's great, but I kind of feel stuck in that at the moment. Yeah. But I think I already was there and I was at depression and then for a while I was at bargaining and even I was at acceptance of like, this is the journey I'm on and that's cool and okay. Yeah. It just, I honestly jump around all the time hmm. and that's its own exhaustion of like, where am I? Yeah. And I think it's, it's not linear, right? There's, right, right. You're going to be angry about different things, and you probably haven't processed all the things that have made you angry. This relationships and structures and theologies, like it's it's all of it, and so it's and it can't all be done in a vacuum and at once. So I think it's important to hop around. So and yeah, I think that's true. And also, like my therapist would say, like sometimes your body puts something down 
um, until you're ready to process it. And so mm. sometimes you feel like you're moving backwards when your body actually just became ready. I yeah. think that's wonderful. So I'd be interested to move to the to final one it. and just wonder Boom. acceptance. what you because you're not yeah. there. So yeah. like you're talking in hypotheticals mm-hmm. right uh, now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you just you said it. So, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Like this is an interesting one. Like yeah. what is that? What does acceptance and deconstruction look like? Because you've often been reticent to admit that there's a reconstruction or an end not like i mean you've said that like there may be an end and like all that but early 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 on you're like i don't like you felt very like you got the heebie-jeebies about people being like well this is just a step to reconstruction and that's what it sounds like acceptance could be portrayed as for a lot because i felt rushed when people would say that sure and we talked about that i think there are different acceptances well the first acceptance after denial is you kind of have to jump and hit an acceptance of I am deconstructing and I'm going to accept that my faith will never be the same. I think that's a huge one. And then I think you're going to go and jump around again. And then you go back to maybe ex- accepting the new you and your new God, which is that one's really tricky. But there's also an acceptance, the third acceptance that I think of, and maybe not in this order, but like, third acceptance I think of is accepting that this journey may never be over and you may never have certainty. You won't have certainty. And that's brutal. It's a hard one to accept. And I don't want to. Yeah. Do you find yourself again, this thrusting you back into the five stages, but you find yourself, you're grieving the lack of truth and certainty all the time. I mean, my, like the, I had a conversation Mm -hmm. and he, it was someone and he was like, you know, you don't have to know everything that's true about the world. And I was like, shut up. Like I was like, But I can though. But mm-hmm. I want to. Like, well, I was like, I know that I can't and I know I don't have to, but I want to and I'm unwilling at this moment to accept that that's not going to happen for me. Sure. Well, I think it's hard. And I think for you and for everyone listening and like for myself and all of us in this, like that's part of embracing the journey is mm-hmm. accepting the different kind of smaller wins in some ways, right? What you're accepting as you go through it, but accepting that, because I think that's a part of deconstruction is you're accepting the messiness. You're accepting that things aren't as clean cut as you were told they once were. If you've seen The Good Place, it's like Jeremy Bear Me. It isn't linear, right? Like it, time follows something kind of crazy and back and forth and circular and you always feel stuck in it. Um, that's such a creative piece of writing and just a really interesting, it was so good. So good. I mean, incredible. just that part of it. Watch the that. good. That's, yeah. that's your takeaway today. Watch the good place. But, um, we are going to wrap this up. I think it was cool to talk about those five ones. Yeah. And I think the encouragement that I want to leave with everyone is just no matter what stage you're in, you know what? That's the other acceptance. Just accept the stage that you're in and that that's okay. Yeah. It's very hard to not feel at the end of the journey, you know? Um, yeah. But that's part of embracing it is that you're just going to be in it. Do you have any encouragements? Uh, just the final one is uh, what I think it's the last level of acceptance for mm. you, which is accepting your Lord and Savior. Jesus Shut <laughs> up. Oh, my God. Get out. <laughs> um, and next episode, you're going to have a new co-host. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I think there's a lot in this. And yeah. I think. This is an like accepting that these are my people now too. Like this is my community. Whoa. Like I think that's hard because you have to leave the people that were once a part of your crew, and it's like God. now it's like, is, do I want to accept this as my new family? 
And maybe, okay, really quick. I think that's bargaining is like bargaining like, well, can I keep all these people and disagree with them? And sometimes the answer is no and you have to accept that. Yeah. And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is yes yeah. and that's beautiful. Yeah, because I do think like that's one thing I would like to caution. I know we're wrapping up, but like we don't want to be like we're putting ourselves in an echo chamber of all people that agree with us. Absolutely. But sometimes you have to grieve a relationship and let it go. Yeah. Well, that's a new topic. A new topic. Maybe we'll talk about that next. Yeah, um, I dug this. I dug it too and I really appreciate like Oftentimes we've talked about the the high level theology or the mental mm, stuff and like mm. what's the practical. And at least for me, it's like using your story as, as the vehicle mm. and the stages of grief as a part of that. Like I think hopefully for those watching or listening, it's like you got to see a little bit of your story and your journey in that. Yeah, I hope so. And I hope you maybe see a framework for your own journey. And with that, uh, thanks for listening and embrace the journey.